Pastor, we're taking a look at this very interesting book today. The book, uh, The Muslim Students Association of South Africa, 1974 to 2004. Now, this book is actually it's a study of a South African-based organization. Why is it important to study Muslim organizations in particular, Ma? Yes, Monana, this book, The uh, Muslim Students Association of South Africa, 1974 to 2004, is the work of uh, Professor Suleiman Isubdango. And um, in terms of your question, Molana, um, we know that the history of a community can tell us a lot about the community's traditions, um, what the community is proud of, mm. uh, what people would, would value, etc. And it also then highlights a number of key persons, uh, the community leaders, the people who've taken uh, an important role in any organization. And um, it, 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 in a sense, by recording the history of an organization, you also record the history of the founders, the people who were instrumental, who, who took um, through their own integrity, the courage and the care for others and for the sake of, their, of, of the community. But what is also important is that one learns about community culture, whether it is mm. formal or informal, um, and one gets a, a better understanding about uh, the multifaceted so, uh, stories that are contained in every community, in every organization, um, be it the elders, to the little-known histories of unique persons who played an important part to make up the fabric of the society, in this case, the Muslim society in South Africa. And these organizations are very much rooted uh, in the societies that they serve and um, collectively work to preserve a vision of the religion and correctly work, collectively work to preserve what they see as the most important and outstanding um, aspects of Deen al-Islam. Uh, historical preservation is therefore very important because it puts us into a conversation with our past mm. and leads us into our future. Uh, it asks important questions like what is important in our history? What parts of our past can we preserve for the future? And this type of historical preservation is an important way for us to transmit our understanding to past and future generations. That is why it is so important, Molana, that every organization has a history. Mm. The institutions uh, should ideally organize and preserve the records for the future, like we see uh, in this particular publication. The author had to go to, to, to great lands to um, unearth the written records, which are often the only source of information about the institutions or the organization's early intentions and activities. And these documents are very important for us to preserve. I'm afraid, Molana, in this digital age, lots of it is going to be lost. Mm. You know, people, um, you come to meetings or to iPad, what happens to the document? Is it safeguarded somewhere so that future reserver, uh, researchers can dig up this archival records and, and once again organize uh, a history and, and prepare history of a particular organization. So our author here, Suleiman Isop Dangor, Professor Dangor has gone through great, great lens to prepare a history of an important organization, the Muslim Students Association of South Africa. He has limited his scope from 1974 to 2004, which I think uh, makes the book very manageable uh, in its approach and in its focus, Molina.
to Zakla so much, Mama. I shared with us great impetus and great reason why we should be studying uh, our Muslim organizations, particularly our Muslim organizations, because that obviously concerns us. And these organizations, as Malana said, they are so rich. They are so rich in history. There's so much that we can learn from them, and there's so much that we can benefit. Before we carry on with the rest of uh, this particular book, Ma, the author you did uh, allude to, the professor, Suri Mandengo, maybe a little bit about him? Yes, Molana, he holds a, a BA Honours, MA and PhD from the University of Durban-Wesville. He's also a graduate of the University of Riyadh, where uh, he completed a higher diploma in Arabic. He has a number of, papa, of, of, of articles, books. Uh, he's a very prolific writer and researcher. Uh, now he's emeritus professor at the University of Durban-Wesville, and he continues to write constantly. Um, he, he still serves. Uh, together we served as, as commissioners on the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities from 2004 to 2008. He served as a member of the Religious Broadcasting Panel of the SABC. Uh, his interests are in Islamic history, Muslim revivalist movements, Islamic theology and mysticism, religion and development, uh, Islamic ethics, uh, etc. He has written on this topic before. He has published an article the interface between religion and politics, the case of the Muslim Students Association of South Africa. And in that uh, article, he has shown how um, uh, um, in Islam, politics is not viewed as falling outside of the purview of religion. And he demonstrated that the Muslim Students Association's opposition to injustice, oppression and discrimination, um, as epitomized in the policies of the apartheid government, was influenced by the political ideology of the Muslim movement, Islamic movement. So uh, he's done work in this field before, uh, and now he's put his thoughts together uh, in this book, Malana. Jazakallah for that fascinating description on the author and his rich history. Now, um, the, this particular author of this particular book, Professor Suleiman Dengoma, what, 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 what's his motivation? What approach does he follow in this particular book? Well, Molina, what he says is that he had uh, considered writing about the, the, the MSA uh, some years earlier. Uh, he, he collected a lot of material. Uh, and then, on the encouragement of Professor Mohammed Harun from the University of Botswana, uh, he decided to go ahead with the project. Uh, what he did was he interviewed a number of uh, people who were associated with the MSA. And um, he, 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 he looked at some of the founding members who are still alive, and, and he contacted them. And um, he then gathered a number of their publications, um, and he, <clears throat> uh, he based his study on, on these publications um, and, and putting this data together. Um, his idea is that uh, the, the, this type of work will um, record the history, but also show the, 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 the influences and the contributions of the Muslim Students Association. Um, so th this is his motivation, Malala. Alhamdulillah, that's really interesting. Now, the book itself, Mara, how is this book arranged? Yes, um, the, the book is, is not chronological, mm -hmm. uh, except for the first chapters, but rather it is thematical in its approach. There is a foreword by um, Shafiq Morton, you know, the, 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 the journalist and the, the writer. And then chapter one, uh, with the introduction starts off, um, describing the method of research, in other words, through a system of interviews, the aims of the book, and also the reasons for writing the book. He also has a section where he explains the limitations of his study. 
sometimes he was able to contact people, others not. Uh, the, the limitations with the, the, the source material, the limitations with the interviews, etc. In chapter 2, he sets the context. Uh, at the time of the formation of the MSA, uh, communism was arrived, the nationalist government was in power, um, capitalism and communism were seen as two uh, sides uh, opposing one another, and there was this desire among Muslims for an Islamized struggle. There was also the ideas uh, of self-reformation that were essential in both the thought of the Ikhwan al-Muslimin and the Jamaat islami um, Also in the 1980s, you had in 79 the Iranian Revolution, and the students uh, wanted to relate to that Iranian Revolution also. So this is the context set in Chapter 2. In Chapter 3, he moves over to the establishment and development of the Muslim Students Association. He explains that it was founded in District 6, the UCT branch was the earliest branch, and then uh, the branch at the University of uh, uh, Westville under the leadership of Sheikh Haid Kamaldin. Um, the Wirtz branch was dormant and resuscitated in 1971. Uh, and then the MSA made contact with um, other organizations in the U.S. Ahmed Sakar visited, to, to, to South, uh, visited South Africa, and this had a great impact. There was also the formation of a national body with representatives from various provinces, uh, Dr. Suleiman Nurdin, uh, Rushdin Hendricks, and Hanif Hendrick, Hendricks. Uh, in Natal, you had Dr. Harun Kadwa, and uh, uh, also Suleiman Haji Kaka and Yaqub Umar. They also attended the conference organized in Libya by Muammar Gaddafi, and, and, and this really influenced them uh, greatly. There were also inaugural national conferences that were supported by the Muslim views. Uh, he lists uh, the early office bearers, and the author then summarizes the main objectives and challenges that were laid out by the organization in its formative years. Um, the whole thing was the establishment of an Islamic value system uh, to coordinate the Muslim students' activities on campuses, to invite non-Muslims to Islam, the Dawah uh, perspective, and then also to promote friendly relationship between Muslims and non-Muslims to work in harmony with other organizations. Uh, it also looks at, in this chapter, the membership, the policy, and the services that were offered, um, its relationship with the Islamic Forum uh, and the MSA Union that was formed in 1998. The MSA Union and its office bearers are listed, uh, and also then the development of MSA alumni, uh, who were then, uh, uh, you know, the ex-members of the MSA. And here the author quotes extensively from the interviews and email responses that he received. In Chapter 4, he moves towards a discussion, an important discussion on the influences during the foundation phase. In other words, the influences of the Ikhwan al-Muslimin, the Jamaat islami the Iranian Revolution, uh, people like Islam, uh, Ismail Farooqi, uh, Imam Harun, and generally the Islamic movement in South Africa uh, is described. In Chapter 5, uh, which is titled Ethical and Moral Concerns, um, the, 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 the concerns that people had at the time, in other words, that of the foreign cultural and social influences on Muslim students is discussed. Uh, the disunity and ethnic divisions among the Muslim community in South Africa are highlighted. Uh, other ills such as gambling, the mistreatment of, of workers, inappropriate behavior on campuses, and also environmental degradation are some of the issues that were taken up. In Chapter 6, titled Political Awareness and Expression, here the author highlights the MSA's concern for the state of the Ummah, its own political activism, uh, and then its relation to global politics. 
the support, for example, of the Iranian Revolution and the support for the Palestinian cause, the Afghan resistance, and the support for the Ikhwan of Syria. Also, later on, the support for Iraq and the support for Muslim countries. Um, and also its desire to establish a Muslim order globally. Uh, it then focuses on local politics uh, and the place of the masjid, uh, racism, education, uh, the condemnation, for example, of the Republic Day celebrations, um, the MSA's opposition to the tricameral parliament, uh, its support for the United Democratic Front, uh, which, according to uh, uh, Manjra, was more leftist than the UDF even. Um, uh, the MSA, he sees, is more leftist than the UDF. And then the, the idea and the ideal of the establishment of a Sharia state. In Chapter 7, we have a list of the projects and activities of the MSA. Their orientation uh, weeks at campuses, the Dawah, school focus, the careers day, the book evenings, the Al-Quds day, uh, organizing Salat facilities, the meetings, whether they are in the regional or national, the Halqa programs, and, and a number of other activities are listed here. Also, a very good part of this chapter uh, is the publications. There are photos of these various publications, uh, the names of these publications, and this chapter provides a good overview of the publications of the MSA. In Chapter 8, uh, the author moves to the relationship with students and community organizations. Here, it looks at, the, for example, the place of the MSA vis-a-vis -vis the, uh, the, 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 the SRC, the Student Representative Council on Campuses, also their interfaith relationships, and then the international Muslim organizations and their relationships with these organizations, and then also with local Muslim community organizations, such as the Jamiat al-Ulama, the Islamic Medical Association, and also then the Muslim Youth Movement. Interestingly, the author has also uh, included a fatwa of Mufti Sanjalvi on the issue of a common prayer facility which was offered to the students at that time at the University of, uh, of Durban, Westville. Um, there's also an important part here of the relationship between the Muslim Students Association and the Tablighi Jamaat. Uh, the tensions between them, for example, around uh, Juma speakers, the Halaqa program of the MSA, and the strong influence of the Tablighi Jamaat on campuses, such as, for example, at Wits, where you had the lecturer Muhammad Munchi, uh, who was very influential, and uh, also concedes, uh, re um, relying on, on interviews with others, that the Tablighi Jamaat had a bigger following than the MSA um, on, on, on uh, adverts, for example. Then within the relation to the, the organization itself, the relationship within the student body is, is discussed, and three types of students are identified, the activist persona, the religious persona, and the socialite persona. Chapter 9 is um, a chapter dedicated to reflections. This is arranged chronologically. And these are reflections of a number of the people that the, the author and the researcher has um, uh, interacted with, and they have provided their reflections on the MSA. This is an important um, uh, uh, section because it provides an autobiographical and a biographical um, feel to the book. Chapter 10 is devoted to the conclusion. Uh, it, in, uh, it includes lots of uh, information from the interviews that the author has gleaned from these interviews um, and also, um, it highlights the influence of international figures, um, the role of women, women in the MSA, and the challenges that are facing the MSA to be more exclusive, to include more African and Malay students, um, the lament that there's an absence of tarbiyah, for example, 
the ability to navigate differences between the Diobandis and the Barelbis, and the MSA's alignment or realignment with the MSA union objectives. Uh, also, the idea of the Islamization of the secular is, is touched upon here. And uh, the, the fact that the, the book ends off with, with a note that the MSA, the Muslim Students Association, is essentially a students-based organization and, and not an organization of ex-members, for example. So these are the 26, 260 pages uh, and what is covered. There's also then a, a bibliography that is arranged according to the type of sources that are consulted there are 24 pages of end notes at the end of the book. Uh, unfortunately, there's no index in the book, Molina. a very, very, very detailed description on what is exactly can be found in the book and the arrangement of the book. Molina took us uh, through chapter by chapter on the different, uh, you know, the, the, the important information that is contained in this book. Ma, you know, just maybe one or two questions quickly before we wrap up, uh, wrap up the, the, the program today. Does the author contextualize the movement within broader South African society and the Muslim society in particular? Yes, Molana, the, op the opposition of Muslims, for example, mm. to join the South African Communist Party or the Black Consciousness Movement, uh, white nationalism, like black nationalism, the, is a form of racism, the, the MSA argued, and the struggle had to be Islamized. Pan-Islamism uh, was promoted, the ideas of Molana Maududi and the link to Islamic uh, um, Federation of Muslim, of student organizations, Hassan al-Banna's book, What We Stand For, and the influence of that on the movement is discussed. Imam Harun was instrumental in influencing the organization, and the activism based on an Islamic foundation uh, is uh, discussed. But also there is one major weakness of the book. It does not provide a coherent narrative of these ideological influences in either a diachronic or a synchronic way. Uh, for example, how over history did ideas within the movement change, and why did they change? Who changed them, and what were the consequences? Uh, apart for, from a section on, on, on Maududi, the influences during its foundation phase, and Chapter 6 discussing the political awareness, uh, the book is silent um, and does not carry a central thesis through the book uh, and does not make any bold conclusions about the nature of the, of the movement. Also, the book is silent on recent movements. For example, the Fees Must Fall movement and the MSA stand regarding that. There's nothing about that. All the whole discussion on... Uh, <clears throat> Africanism and decoloniality, decoloniality it is not discussed. So these are some of the failure uh, shortcomings in the book. Uh, Jazakla for that. Ma, who, who would actually be interested in reading such a book? Well, I think anybody interested in the history of Muslims in South Africa, Muslim organizations and what influenced them, uh, ex-members, people who were on campus, for example, and had signed up to the movement, uh, people who want to know more about Islam in South Africa in general, Mohamed. Uh, Ma, does the book contain any photographs, pics of, uh, you know, archival material? Yes, Molana, the, 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 the book does contain these uh, pictures. Uh, unfortunately, the pictures are not of a very good quality, uh, and also uh, there are no labels underneath the pictures. I think this is something that the book, book could have improved on, Molana. Okay, before we wrap up, Ma, what is your overall impression of the book? Uh, I think that um, the, the, uh, the book does not spend enough time discussing the internal debates around the organization, mm. um, uh, the relationship to other organizations. Um, the, um, I, I think generally the, the, the chapter headings are not laid out well, but it is an important book. I, I think it's out there, uh, the fact that it's available uh, and, and, and it's out there 
uh, is an important start. I can Im imagine that other people will continue to study the Muslim Students Association, Molana. Zakla, for that, Ma. By the way, where is this book available? What price are we looking at? <clears throat> Molana, the book is published by Dignity uh, Publishers, you know, uh, Brother Yusuf Patel, mm. and um, it is available for 175 rand and can be, con uh, 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 you know, you can receive it directly from the author, Professor Suleiman Dangor. Uh, his email address is sdangor at ukzn.ac.za. That's sdangor, D-A-N-G-O-R, at ukzn.ac.za. Or he's available on his cell phone number, 083-788-7112. That's 083-788-7112. 083-788-7112 and the book costs 175 rands. Uh, it can be delivered to you. It can it can get to you easily. Uh, and I think it's a worthwhile read, Molana. Something that uh, we know about. Uh, it's been part of the landscape. The Muslim Students Association. Any Muslim student who goes to campus uh, encounters the Muslim Student Association, and therefore. Uh, I think people would be interested in reading such a book, Malana. In fact, uh, it, it captures an important part of our history, Malana. Jazakallah so much for this very enlightening discussion all on this interesting book, The Muslim Students Association. Uh, Jazakallah so much for your time. Uh, you enjoy the rest of your week. It's a pleasure, Malana. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.